I love all things space and I love talking about it because it's so it's so mind-blowing really if you think about what's going on and the people that are doing things it's it, it, it's hard to wrap your head around what we're going to talk about here is the fact that Earth's orbit is getting really really crowded there's a lot of stuff up there and uh, it's starting to have an impact on the way you know satellites work and space missions work and all that sort of stuff I, I'm, I'm not going to profess to know all the details because it's it's way beyond uh my brain range, so to speak, but we have a guest joining us who uh, is actually working on this right now. We're going to be joined now by Dr. Siamak Sar, who is an aerospace engineer who previously supported multiple NASA missions before co-founding Kahan Space. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, this is fun. Yeah, it, it, it is fun. It's really, really interesting to me. Um, first of all, just give us an idea of what's going on in Earth's orbit right now. How much stuff is up there? Yeah, a really good question. And the, the correct answer is that we really don't know, because uh, <laughs> there are estimates, obviously, right? Uh, there has been collisions in the past. The most famous of them is the Iridium-Cosmos collision in 2009 uh, that is estimated to have released uh, on the order of 3,500 pieces of debris objects. But uh, the latest uh, uh, estimate uh, is on the order of million pieces of debris objects, small and big, uh, that are orbiting around the Earth right now. And I imagine there's more and more all the time, and the, you know, the frequency that things are being put into space is only going up, so this is going to be a huge number very soon. Absolutely. So, so just to give you uh, put this thing in a context. So, since the uh, basically the dawn of the space age, you know, since we started putting uh, uh, satellites in orbit uh, until today, uh, humanity as a whole, we have put on the order of uh, close to eight thousand uh, satellites in orbit, and uh, a lot of them have uh, deorbited or decommissioned. So, right now, we have on the order of you know two thousand uh, or so operational satellites. Uh, however, as you know, uh, you know, uh, companies like SpaceX, uh, mm-hmm. they are planning to launch thousands of, uh, you know, mega constellations, they are called, uh, which, uh, you know, is, uh, each one is going to uh, include in the order of like 30, 40,000 uh, pieces of uh, satellites. So one company alone is going to launch five times more satellites than we have uh, sent uh, to orbit uh, since, uh, you know, since the start of the space age. So. So there's a really exponential growth, uh, which is uh, not great, uh, uh, to be honest, uh, if we are not able to keep get the problem under control. It's it's kind of mind-boggling. I mean, are there agencies right now that are tracking this? Is there like an air traffic control for Earth's low orbit? So uh, I wouldn't call them uh, air traffic control, uh, but I would call them, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, space... uh, uh, traffic tracking okay. uh, rather than control uh, because, uh, you know, there's really no, uh, say, international body that has enough, uh, you know, authority to basically uh, regulate space right now, unfortunately. And that is really, the, to me, uh, you know, the, the, base, uh, the fundamental problem. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the U.S. Air Force uh, is one of the agencies uh, that are uh, managing what's called the Space Surveillance Network, uh, which is a, a worldwide network of radars and telescopes that they track objects in orbit, and they catalog. They keep a catalog of these objects. The problem is that they are not able to see 
things smaller than 10 centimeters in diameter. So there are a lot of, uh, you know, right now we are able to track on the order of, um, you know, 25,000 objects. Uh, but uh, as I said in the earlier, there's an estimated 1 million pieces of debris objects. So we are not seeing, we basically we are only seeing a tip of the iceberg. Right? So. Um, now, just explain to us how, how dangerous that is. I mean, I would think these kinds of, um, you know, pieces of whatever it is floating around up there, a collision in space would be catastrophic to any kind of mission, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So uh, one thing I'd like to, again, I like to use analogies for things that are in space because, you know, it's not really tangible for yeah. everyone. So uh, uh, just think about it. I mean, when people think of, uh, you know, satellites, uh, a lot of people think of things floating, you know, nice and casually in the space, which is not true because uh, orbital velocity, so objects in orbit, they travel uh, 10 times faster than the speed of a bullet. Uh, so just uh, imagine that, right? So mm-hmm. imagine an object traveling 10 times faster than the speed of a bullet hitting another object. It'll basically, it's gonna, it's, it'll be a catastrophic event. And that this type of event has happened before and it essentially, uh, you know, results in explosion. And, uh, you know, especially if you hit an operational satellite that has fuel on board uh, for propulsion purposes, it'll... Uh, most certainly cause explosion and, uh, it, you know, uh, uh, yeah, the disbursement of many more pieces of debris objects. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So there's no agency that regulates who can put things up there and where to put them or anything like that. It's basically the Wild West. Anybody can do what they want. Uh, so I wouldn't. Uh, so there are some regulations in terms of who can launch where, right? So the FCC regulates, and you need to get permission uh, from the FCC to, uh, uh, to uh, and, and that's only, uh, I guess, in the U.S., right? So yeah. uh, to, to be able to launch uh, in a certain time and certain orbital regime. Uh, but, yeah, in, when it comes to the international cooperation, uh, uh, you know, really, as a, as a humanity, we are getting a, a B- minus or an F in terms of uh, cooperating in, in this area because, uh, you know, uh, uh, say uh, you know China. If you, they want to uh, launch a, a satellite into space, uh, they're not going to coordinate with the U.S. Right? And sure. Yeah, they're just going to do. So, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so, so yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there is not a lot of cooperation. Not a co- lot of cooperation. Not a lot of regulation at the uh, the government level, which means private industry is stepping up to try and you know fill this gap. Which brings us to Can Space, which you are the co-founder of. You're actually working on a lot of advanced systems that can 
can help people in this field and make it a little bit safer for them. Just tell us about some of the work that you're doing to try and handle this problem with all the junk in low orbit. Absolutely. So uh, we are uh, we are a software analytics uh, platform. Uh, we uh, yeah we build uh, uh, advanced uh, astrodynamics capabilities uh, that uh, you know uh, allows for uh, the higher accuracy prediction of the object. Yeah. Uh, uh, so as I said earlier in my uh, comments, that you know uh, when we track objects, it's all probabilistic. You know we don't we never know exactly where these objects are, and knowing that how fast they travel, right? So. We have some sort of estimate and some uncertainty. So uh, uh, we, uh, uh, the algorithms that we uh, have developed, uh, uh, you know, we uh, propagate these objects into the future uh, with better accuracy. And the idea really is to be able to automate uh, the uh, the whole, uh, you know, the the process of detection, analysis, and avoidance process uh, because. Uh, and we have talked to uh, satellite operators, many of them, and they realize and they have told us that, uh, 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 let me step back a little bit. Uh, so right now, the way the satellite operator performs collision assessment and avoidance individually, mainly manual, uh, individually and mainly manual process. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, they, they get an alert, they do analyses, uh, and uh, it takes hours. And I should know because I have done very same uh, <laughs> functionality for NASA before. Uh, so it's a very time-consuming and intensive process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and we know that when uh, all these objects go to space, uh, we talked about nerve constellations and the increased number of congestion, uh, the uh, amount of congestion and the collision alerts. Uh, we are not going to be able to keep up with this expansion if we continue doing business as usual. So our goal at Chaos Space is to automate that entire process, and we have had cases that we have had close calls, close uh, you know collision events uh, that uh, fortunately did not happen, but because of human errors uh, that in the last minute someone else uh, uh, you know performed the maneuver. Uh, we know that human error is a big factor in this uh, process, and we want to eliminate that. Are you getting government buy-in? I mean, this is something that you're doing, but uh, I imagine this would be something appealing to you know various different governments and perhaps some sort of a world body if we ever get one. I mean, would you like to see it rise to that level? Is that needed? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we are, uh, yeah, absolutely. We, we, uh, we work with the, uh, 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 you know, we are very appreciative of the U.S. Air Force's uh, support. We get, actually, our main source of data is from the U.S. Air Force the space surveillance network that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have also had discussions with the Department of Commerce uh, uh, who uh, are building some uh, a platform to uh, start uh, uh, trying to regulate uh, this process or uh, problem at some level. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, and we, we have, uh, uh, we are working on the, uh, the couple of projects with the, with the Air Force uh, uh, to uh, bring uh, some level of advanced uh, algorithms and technologies uh, to this field to, uh, in terms of uh, trying to make it, uh, uh, you know, uh, better uh, quantification of the problem and uh, more automation. Uh, so, so that's the goal. Yeah, exactly. And what a what a task it is. Uh, pretty amazing. Thank you so much for giving us some insight onto what's going on up there. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your time and your interest and uh, uh, appreciate the time. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Yeah. Sia Hassar, who is an aerospace engineer, previously supported multiple NASA missions, and then went on to found uh, Cahan Space.